Hey gang, sad news this morning. Uh, Alan Grant, unfortunately, uh, has passed away, the legendary comic book writer. Uh, obviously, we know him well from his work on Judge Dredd with uh, John Wagner, his work on Johnny Alpha, Stronium Dog. Uh, I mean, his Lobo work, his Batman work, his Judge Anderson work. Um, this was a, a guy who contributed so much to 2000 AD. Uh, and British comics, and then went on to forge a huge career in US comics all through the 90s into the 2000s with his Batman and his Lobo in particular. Um, words can barely do justice to his legacy, which is huge, uh, and the loss, which I think is even larger. And uh, from my perspective, uh, someone who, with John Wagner, just set the baseline for Dread and just was fantastic and all those episodes that um, they wrote together uh, were just so good. And then you go on, you look at, um, he developed Stronium Dog uh, with John Wagner and then afterwards and his Judge Anderson work, for example, and then you look at his Lobo in the 90s, like it was just great. Uh, his Batman run, I mean, it's extensive. He's, uh, it's a huge run on Batman um, that he did. And just so many things, and from all reports, we, we've we've had um, Chuck Dix on the show many times, and I always squeeze Chuck for an Alan Grant story or two because he just seems like he was just such a, such an interesting guy. Um, he was thinking outside the box, as I think you need to, to have that kind of impact. And, yeah, just a, a thoroughly entertaining good humoured uh, writer. Um, he had a lot of humour and satire in a lot of his stories, not all, but a lot. And, yeah, I just want to say um, we never got the chance to speak on Signal of Doom many times. I spoke about how much his work meant to me. And, yeah, we have to, you know, rest in peace, Alan. Um, and we're thinking of um, you and your family in this moment. And, yeah, all we can say is, you know, thank you for all the work that you gave us and all the all the joy that you gave people over the years and I still think those Stronium Dog stories and those Judge Red stories, they're gonna last forever. They're they're absolutely fantastic. Uh and, you know, I hope if there's a Lobo movie, um, you know, your family gets a significant check and uh and possibly a reference in the movie because I think his work on Lobo just in itself, um was landmark stuff. You know, a fantastic writer, a uh, fantastic person, and uh, sorely missed. Okay, rest in peace, Alan. day when you're all alone in the dark the only thing that counts is this the law and you will be alone when you swear to uphold these ideals for most of us there's only dust in the streets for the few of us that survived to old age the proud loneliness of the long walk a walk that every judge must take outside these city walls into the unknown, and there spend your last remaining days taking law to the lawless. 
This is what it means to be a judge. This is the commitment I expect. Judgment time. Hello and welcome to a very special episode of Dread or Dead, the internet's premiere Judge Red podcast. And we're here with Adam and Rich. And Rich, you are the guest today. How are you, my friend? Not too bad, not too bad. Good to be good to be back. Good to be guesting on the show again. Exactly. Patrolling the mean streets of Mega City One, putting down oh, crime. When I, when I heard there were werewolves, I was like, count me in. Yeah, exactly. Cry the werewolf. And uh, Adam, the computer, back at the crease, how are you? I'm doing awesome. Yeah, it's uh, really good to be back. It's been a while. Uh, when I heard there was werewolves, I said that, well, I didn't say this actually, but I thought, you know, Rich would be perfect for this. He's always going on about werewolves. He is. He does love his werewolves. Um, they are the best. Yeah. Uh, well, look, so we're doing uh, this week, we're doing Judge Red Cry of the Werewolf. Um, writers uh, Wagner and Grant and artist Steve Dillon, which was a big plus. And, and oh, my Lord, I remember I remember reading this in the best of 2018 monthly. Um Back in the day, uh, I didn't catch it in the in the weekly magazine. I, I I started collecting not too long after this episode, this issues would have come out, but um, it always made a big impact on me. The cry of the werewolf. Now, first up, uh, Rich, you've done um, you've been on Dread or Dead before, haven't you? I I've, I've, I want to yeah. say you have. Yeah, you've, we did America, we did something else as well. Um, I'm going to put it to you again uh, with crime spiraling out of control. Uh, do you agree we need more Judge Dredd on the streets in real life? Mm, no. Yeah. No? <laughs> it's not that bad, Dave. Jesus. Oh, Jesus. Like, it, but if you don't crack down on it, it will get that bad. So, you know, I'd be the first, I'd be the first to sign the judges into law. You know, imagine if they could just dispense justice and issue sentences as they... Capture no, the criminals. No, no, thank you. No. By, they, they don't bypass the, ju- the judicial system. They See, become the, it. Again, the problem I, f- I feel like you have, Dave, is that I think you think you are like you would never break any law. I don't. Therefore, you would not be at risk <laughs> from the judges, but you would because there'd be some minor law that you didn't even realize that you were breaking. And yeah, comic books are contraband in 2018. <laughs> exactly. So, I mean... You know, you, you're going to feel the wrath of these judges that can just dispense on the street, don't care about your excuses or your reasoning or whatever. I, I, you see that, you, it's not just about me, though. You think that everything would be perfect for it's, you. It's not just scenario. about me, though. It's not just about me. I'd be. I, I'd want to be chief judge, frankly. No, you see, that's Crack my point. You're not going to be chief judge. You have no experience. <laughs> well, no, I, I love reading the judges. I love Judge Dredd, but I would not want to live in this world. I'm sorry. I don't, would not want to live in a world with judges. I'd love to be a judge. That's what I'd love to be, kicking doors in, sentencing people, standard execution, leg shots, all that stuff. Now, um, we have Adam. Adam, I hope that as as the this year has worn on and you've seen the chaos we're descending into, um, do you feel the judges are the way to go now? I'm actually contractually mm. obligated to encourage you, so I... Uh, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Regardless of my personal feelings, yes, yeah. absolutely, hundred yeah. percent. Yeah, whatever Dave says, the that's it. It's right on. That's it. It's right on. Um, yep. Now, obviously, cry the werewolf um, was the storyline. Uh, IDW put this out as a nice package, just recollecting it again, and they also did the deviations, which was the we're also going to cover, which was John McRae's kind of what if Judge Red had stayed a werewolf. Now, um, who wants to do the 10-cent pitch, Adam or Rich? Which one of you wants to do the 10-cent pitch on today's episode? 
I can do it. Um, All right. Okay. Adam, Judge Dredd becomes a werewolf. <laughs> it's a bit more complicated than that. It's a little bit more complicated than that, my friend. You need a bit more detail to fill it in for the listeners at home. Oh, well, let me think then. Uh, <laughs> well, there is a uh, like a master werewolf that's running around and the white they're wolf. trying to defeat him. And the, and, and they come from under the undercity. So, so they're not actually. What I like about this is they're not actually werewolves. Oh, like, really? oh right. They're, they're mutations. Right, they just look like werewolves because they're not down by like the moon or anything. Yeah, they look like the the um, because yeah, there's no transformations. Like, what once you turn into this wolf man, then that's it. You you basically good point. Oh, it's like a virus, is it? Yes, I like the idea. It's a it's a it's a mutagen. It's this shit that's in the in the sewers in the old city that has infected people. And Judge Dredd actually ends up having to go into the long walk. Uh, we're usually like old judges or, mm. or or judges who you know know. He, he doesn't actually walk. take the long walk though. He just no, goes, he goes into the he goes into that area. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, although technically he does take. No, he doesn't. But we'll get to that. No, he we'll doesn't. Get to that later. No, 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 no. You, you know what I mean. But we'll get to that in the deviations. Yes. Um. But yeah. So he goes in, and then yeah, then that's when all hell breaks loose, and he finds that there's a leader wolf. Mm. which is the white one, and they get into it, and that's where he gets infected, and then um, he becomes a werewolf, well, a wolf man himself. And he then, doesn't he then go back up? No, the the other judge who had taken the long walk takes him back up to the to the surface, and then they inject him with some serum, don't they? Because basically it's like he wakes up and he's normal again. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, um, th- th- it's probably the only downside of the book is the, is the ending. But yeah, yeah. It's a bit abrupt. You, you've only got a certain amount of pages. Yeah, um, and don't let's not forget that 2000 AD um, still does. It, it's like a what do you call it? Like a serial format. So it's usually about seven or eight pages per week for the Judge Red story. So this was roughly about Six sixty pages. pages split into what four or five parts. Um, this actually has one of my all-time favorite Judge Red moments. Um, when he goes down to the undercity and um, he he sees these people um, who are who are trying to attack him and stuff. If if you remember this, yeah, I'm just trying to find it. Um, and it has one of my favourite Judge Red moments, which I've always really enjoyed. Um, yeah, so he says, "Oh, the poor wretches." Yeah, he, he's got. Them, I still wouldn't even if yeah, I had the time. Exactly, he says, "Pathetic scum, <laughs> Pe- people who've sunk as low as the hole they live in. Got no time to help them. Even if I did, I wouldn't." And then the picture of Dread there, like, and I was like, "Yeah," because they're the undercity mutants. Dread's responsibility is to the city. Um, no, they, they, they're not actually mutants. Well, the, they're, they're the undercity wretches. You know, yeah. they're, they're they're not. Is, yeah. They're, they're, they're like people who live outside the walls of Mega City One. They're, they're not citizens of the Big Meg. Uh, his responsibility only extends as far as the Big Meg. Um, Judge Red, you know, has to take a hardline stance. And I tell you what, as a teenager who read that, I 100% approved. I, I thought to myself, yes, that's the way it's got to be when you're patrolling it. Because I want to say again, people don't realise how chaotic Mega City One is. And what a tinderbox it is. And then think of the cursed earth, the legions of mutants outside, and under the city you've got all this craziness going on. Dread has to has to impose the limits. Do you like that line, Adam? Because it's a controversial line. What do you think? 
what <laughs> I'm sorry, what exactly the, is the line? The, the line the about? line I mean, where he's the line where he's talking about the people who are running away and he's saying pathetic scum, people who've sunk as low as the hole they live in, got no time to help them. Even if I did, I wouldn't. Oh yeah, I'm sorry. I thought you meant like, do I like that line in the sand, like that stance? But you meant the actual. I mean both, actually, line. both. Okay. I mean both. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I do like that. Um, good. And and what do you? It shows yeah. how much he's not that great of a guy sometimes, though. Well, you know? slow down, slow down. Jeez, uh, going in a bit hot there, Adam. Um, no, I, I agree with him. I like the line isn't red, but it, I don't agree with the line. <laughs> Well, he has. This is what you guys don't understand. He has to have some limits, you know. His, I wouldn't even say his compassion. His sense of duty is to the big Meg. That's that's what you know. That's Rose it. Red has nothing but limits, mate. <laughs> so anyway, so he goes down to the Mega City one. Then the guy brings him back, and as you say, it is quite an abrupt ending. One of my other favorite lines is when the guy comes up. Um, and by the way, I really enjoyed the artwork that different people were putting in that was included into the book, like in the in the chapter breakdowns. Um, oh, like uh, covers, like special Yeah, covers. yeah, the special covers and stuff. Um, and then I love the bit where uh, Judge Prager, who took the long walk four years back, he comes up and deposits the werewolf dread. His task done, Prager returns to the gloom below. They say, hey, Prager, how's things down there anyway? Grim. <laughs> I always love that. <laughs> it's very, very 2080. Yeah, and you, it makes you, it made me kind of want more of Judge Prager's adventures. You know, like what's going on down there in the Undercity, kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. So I was kind of like uh, vibing on that pretty heavily. Um, now I want to go around the table here. Steve Dillon on artwork. I, I think it's, it's. I mean, it's relatively early in his career, but it's completely definitive. And this is what I remember from uh, Steve oh, Dillon on Dread and and on um, uh, on Road Trooper. Um, Rich, what did you think of Steve Dillon's artwork here? Oh, it's it's beautiful. It's 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 stupendous. Like it 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 you know because we we did the deviation after this, like yes. we read it afterwards, and it's just such a difference in terms of like um, I know it's style, but man, I'd much rather read. You know uh, the Steve Dillon artwork with the dread, then the that IDW <laughs> that that deviation when John McRae did it, yeah. Like nothing. I don't think it's just, it's just so different. Like yeah, yeah. Just, oh yeah, 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 yeah. I don't think that was John McRae artwork in the other one. I think he just wrote oh. it. Oh, didn't he? No, have, no I thought it's his story and art, John McRae. Yeah, no. He, oh, okay. He was, yeah. I, I missed it. It looked a bit different from John McRae's normal style. I think he was trying to go for sort of a more yeah, Steve Dillon. Maybe he's going so. for a more horror. Mm. Uh, I guess look, but I like that the the Judge Red one didn't. Do you know what I mean? Mm, mm. Like I like that it's it's werewolves brought into the Judge Dread world. It doesn't look it actually doesn't look out of place in a way. You know what I mean? Mm. Like it fits it, and, and it still looks a bit horror. Like I like how some of the panels um, have a, almost sort of horror feel to them. Like the, the, there's a panel where uh, Judge Dread is like chasing the the white werewolf mm. and, and it's one panel, but it's got the giant werewolf head at the top and then dread below that. And then the wolf again and like the bridge and it's all in black, a lot of shadow. And that looks very like horror to me. And then obviously the one where the woman is like, um, it's right at the start where the woman is like screaming. Yes. In the camera. Yes. Like, I don't know. It's just, I, I just think I just, 
Uh, yeah, I think it's fantastic. I think if you go just go look at a lot of the panels, mm. I, I just love how so many of them are. They are very. I'm looking at that panel right now. It is very horror comics that you can imagine yeah. from the seventies. Um, you know what I mean? That, yeah. That's how you bring in like horror, but you still it still fits your style. Like yeah. there's a way to mimic the horror without sort of going, oh, I'm going to change my my style and and go for a much more like different look. Mm-hmm. But I love it. I I I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. Uh, this is my favorite type of black and white art. Lots of lots of black, lots of lines. Uh, I I love this. The, this art in black and white is. It reminds me of. Um, uh, what was that artist's name? I think it's uh, Schultz. Mm. Uh, he Carl Schultz. Friend. Yeah, yeah Peanuts. He... <laughs> no, I'm kidding. No, Peanuts. different, different Schultz. Uh, he, he does a lot of black and white. Does some Conan stuff. Also does painting. There's mm. just certain black and white art that just looks fantastic, and this is one of them. I find when I'm reading this that I'm not even thinking about it being black and white. It's it's so. It, it just works on so many levels. Like, it, it's that classic 2008 style. I'm not reading it going, man, I wish this was colour. You know, like, it It really, he, he captures a lot of detail. Sometimes you can see um, it It appears more rushed from his normal style. I'm looking at one where it says Drock is turning into a wolfman on page 14, and it's not quite as clean. But I'm not necessarily saying that's a bad thing. I'm just saying, like, you know, he's obviously having to turn the pages out. Um... 2000 AD also had the, um, this is around the early to mid-80s. By this point, the, the the middle two pages, which were often judged red, were colour. And we see that here, how they've coloured some of the pages. They, they were actually coloured at the time. Um, and it was it, it was the middle two pages of the comic. And you, and often, usually, it was judged red that, that got that treatment. Mm-hmm. And um, almost... Uh yeah, I, I guess the color is nice, but I almost like the black and white. Uh, oh, me too. A bit yeah, better. Yeah. yeah, no, I'm just giving a just giving a bit of a history lesson for the kids. Out no, there, no. You know? I mean, I'm just commenting on the fact that you know they're trying to highlight Judge Dread by giving it those colored pages, but I almost feel like it would have been better off without them. Is what I'm saying. I hear, man. I hear you. I like your comments, Adam. Um, my favorite as well, uh, page twenty three. I don't mind the color just because it, it, it just lets you know what the world looks like in color, so that when you keep reading it, I guess mm-hmm. you can visualize know what colors are. But I think it's just yeah. I mean, two thousand eighty is like ninety percent black and white. Mm. So mm. I mean, I guess they just want to throw in a little bit of color as like a almost like a poster. Almost well, like yeah, a, it was. It was flash. exactly. It was. Obviously, it was all to keep the costs down, um, but then they were trying to sort of compete with the American comics. But um, by the late 80s, they'd fully transitioned pretty much so that that even today you will still see the occasional black and white strip in 2000 AD, but it's now very you know rare. Um, by sort oh, of although I do agree with Adam, I, I prefer the black and white. Like, yeah. I think I, I, I think Judge Dredd should be black and white, especially really? if you can get an artist what, like this. Even now? Yeah. No, not now, Richard. Come on. Join yeah. us in 2022, my friend. No, no, no. I'm talking about an artist like this. There's certain okay. art that can't be black and white because they don't have this level well, of Well, what about Preacher? Preacher was black and uh, was colour, and that was uh, Steve Dillon. You know? Uh, that's a completely... Well, it's, it's the same artist. That's a completely different art style that he did, though. That's Do you guys different. follow uh, Pat Broderick on Facebook or anything? No. Uh, He's working on this, uh, I think it's called Bronze Star. It might be with uh, one of your 
Mike Barron or something. Uh-huh. Um, but it's this cowboy comic, and he posts the the pages that are just beautiful, uh, like black and white pages. Yeah. Um, and then sometimes they'll be colored, and you know, no offense to the colorist, or if he does the own colors, I almost feel like it loses something with the colors. And yeah, yeah that's kind of where yeah. I feel uh, about this. Sometimes the colors here are actually quite good, um, but. I don't know. Sometimes it's just like, man, just seeing the line work is just. Oh, I totally incredible. agree. In this in this storyline, uh, with uh, as well with the shading and everything, I think the the black and white looks better than the colors. Also, the colorization in two thousand eight, back in the early to mid eighties, always looked to me quite cheap. Uh, I don't know anything about color technique, but this did. When I look at this color work here, it's not fantastic. Do you know what I mean? Like. Uh, Again, but the reason that, and this is why I say it depends on the art, is when you have so much line work, right, Mm. it's hard to actually go in there and do color because um, most of the the canvas is taken up with the ink. Do you know what I mean? So it's really hard to get different shades of color. All you can do is basically just colorize it because most of the shading, most of the lighting has been done for you, which means it does look a bit flat. And that's why I said I think, if you can get this level of artist, you should do more black and white comics. Yeah. Because it's just out the detail is outstanding. Yeah. Like, you know. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I, I would I much agree. rather read this than some of the color shit I've seen today. Oh fuck yeah. Oh, hundred percent. And believe you me, I having read hundreds, if not thousands, of pages of Judge Red, most of the time when you're reading the old Judge Reds and they're black and white, I'm not even thinking about it. Do you know what I mean? Like they they manage to with the artwork and the stories. It's such a realistic kind of cool world that you you you're seriously not sitting there going, man, I wish this was color. Yeah. It's like if, if you've ever watched like an old <clears throat> black and white movie, right? Yeah, Especially yeah, yeah. If it's like yeah. a like a noir or a horror, yeah, right. When they sort of re-release it, you know, when when they colorize it, yeah, never it's as good. not the same. Do you no, know what I mean? I like agree. there's just mm. something about it being black and white that fits it better and. Um, I'm I'm sad that there isn't still more black and white. You know what I mean? I'm mm. sad that there's there's certain you know because I'm okay. Like you know, you get different runs of artists. Mm. I'm okay of getting like a run of of X Men or Superman where it's just black and white if it's this level of art because mm. that show never going to happen. That rich art. never going to happen, man. Like especially X Men, like, especially you know, X Men with all the different colors and stuff. Like you know, oh, it could work though because I mean. I mean, you could do it. I mean, you you obviously you could. I mean, they did black, white, and blood. Um, they, yeah. they've been relatively uh, popular. yeah. But I'm I'm over that. I'm tired of the old list. Just do black and white and add red because it's a it's a marketing gimmick. I'm I actually want art like this. I mean, like proper. Sure. Uh, I'd say probably the most successful black and white comic of the last twenty years is Walking Dead. Yes, and they always said and they would never colorize it, and then now did, they're yeah. like, oh, yeah. we're gonna put it out. They did they're doing it every week. They put they put out an issue every week colorized. Is of that every one. week? I can't yes. imagine it is. buying it is. four issues of Walking Dead a month. That's all just old. because it's in color. I know, but it, I guess he's just doing it for his hardcore hardcores, you know? Well, good for them. Good for them. Good for you guys. But you are right, Black and White. There are also in terms of American comics in the years prior, Savage sort of Conan. Ran mm-hmm. for twenty plus years as a black and white magazine, um, very successfully. Um, but I, I totally agree. But Walking Dead's probably the all time best selling black and white book now. Would you think, Adam? And it's got to be up there. 
Yeah, I mean, I would think so. I guess I'm not sure how well the book did compared to the show and stuff. Oh, no, those, was... those books did really well. Those collections, those yeah. hardcovers, they did really well. They were on the New York Times bestsellers list a oh, lot okay. of the yeah, time. Yeah, then definitely. Yeah. yeah. They, they, they oh, yeah. Well, well, Walking ones. Dead was like, it was like, uh, here's the here's a percentage of Marvel sales, here's the percentage of DC sales, and here's a percentage of Walking Dead sales. <laughs> mm, yeah. like, it was almost its own. Yeah, um, it was very upgrade. popular. It was, it was. And unlike the show, I mean, I haven't watched all the show, but the book, I mean, it it's pretty excellent all the way through for me. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, I agree. It's an excellent book. Um, all right, so. Anyway. Look, looking at some comments now, I've got a, a, a couple of comments about Judge Red before we transition. But I'd have to say, also Chief Judge Magruder, obviously my favourite Chief Judge, which knows this. I've spoken about this many times. Uh, she gets a mention. Who is it again, Dave? Chief Judge Magruder, based on <laughs> Margaret Thatcher. She gets. Uh, I was so she glad didn't to have that stupid beard. I hated the beard. That is because that's later on in her career when she's been out to the cursed earth and gone crazy. This is prior to her going crazy. Um, oh, I like it better when she was. Yeah, this is when she was the severe chief judge. She was the SJS is like the Internal Affairs, the Special Judicial Division, uh, or service or something. And um, she was the head of that. And then she became the chief judge after Apocalypse War, where Chief Judge Griffin spoilers dies. Um, and then in in about nine eighty five or six, she finally. Um, she 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 made a misjudgment. She made an error in judgment, and she took the long walk. And then she was very popular, though. And then they brought her back, like say five six years later, in in the Necropolis saga, uh, helping Dread. And then I think quite cleverly showed that when she got in charge again, she was a bit unstable uh, because she'd been out in the cursed earth too long, and like her memory was going. She had dementia and stuff. It was pretty cool. Um, but you, you, she was played sometimes for laughs, Adam, which I know you didn't appreciate. Correct. I just didn't like the beard. Yeah. <laughs> now I hear. Um, what do you? What do you? No, I do like the character. Dwarf woman there, Adam. Oh, what's that? I said, what do you have against dwarf women? Dwarf women. Dwarf. Oh, they have beards. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I was like, what? And now I get you. Yeah, but like you never see them, Rich. Thankfully. Um, yeah. Look, I'm going to give this a ten out of ten. I, I think this is an excellent package. I think also it's helped by. I mean, look, I'm looking at Gary Leach's picture of the Dread Werewolf. Just a great picture. Um, some of these covers that people are doing are fantastic. Like, What page is the Gary Leach one? I will tell you. It is page 41. Thank you. Oh, yeah, that is cool. I, um, are you talking about, like, the posters? Yes. Mm-hmm. I love the one, the, uh, if you're talking about, like, the painted one, the, the, the Duncan... Uh, uh, Fagrido one was really good, which was which the, page is that? Oh, sorry, I think it was like the first one. Okay, okay. Um, I think that's the one where the werewolf looks like he's like a skyscraper, basically, or something, right? No, no, no. He's he's hanging on the side of a wall. And yeah, yeah. I'm like looking at that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That that is a good one. Like yeah, it's page. Oh, yeah, page. That's very cool. Also, um, it's different, but I like the one on page uh, forty nine, which is kind of like very horror esque. Uh, it's got dread and it's almost like dripping with blood. The 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 werewolves in the background. Um, it, it's by Gerardo Zafino. Um, yeah, I like him too. Yeah, he does some uh, Hawkman covers that are really good. Yeah. Um, the one that's weird to me, but I do like it, is the Brennan McCarthy one. 
where yes. the werewolf is almost probably 50 feet tall. <laughs> w- w- which page but, is uh, that on, Adam, so I can... Uh, it's 22. Okay. But you can see where his feet start, and then he's curved up over top of Dread, and Dread's, like, blasting him in the chest, but it's just kind of a cool, yeah. like, surreal... I, I always liked Brendan McCarthy's art style. Uh, he did a bit of Dread. I've actually got the hardcover collection of all his Dread because he didn't do that much 2008 AD, but what he did, he was so distinctive and it was so different. Um, Is he, he the one you were yeah. telling me was involved with uh, Mad, Mad Max, Max Fury yeah. Road? Yeah, he's in. Yeah, exactly. He 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 works in Hollywood now. Um, That's pretty cool. In general, and he and he yeah he was the. Um, storyboarder and stuff and i think concept I mean, from design. what i hear he essentially wrote the movie yeah right okay yeah yeah he was yeah heavily involved in fury road and i believe he's involved in the um the prequel as well that george miller's doing cool um yeah no so I, i'm going to give this 10 out of 10 i i think cry the wolf is one of the all-time great uh dread strips of the 80s um i think you know there's just nothing about it that 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 sort of rings false for me it's a 10 out of 10 rich what are you giving it 9.5 rich is embracing the 0.5s at last it's good to see finally well i'm taking 0.5 off for the uh, rushed ending even though i know it's not there the ending is yeah the i must admit the ending is quite abrupt it's not quite a oh it was a dream but it kind of feels like that yes like, you know what i mean where so why do you say it's not their I'm fault well, as I said, like I guess you're telling this great story, mm. and you you've got to have it done in like I guess this many issues with this many pages. You're probably like, I'm just gonna have to end it with he's cured. <laughs> well, the, it was the old thing with 2000 AD. Like it, you know, it was a weekly strip. Um, I guess they 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 they'd set aside. It would have been an absolute nightmare to juggle the amount of the. I, I love listening to some of the 2000 AD editors talk about just it was a real effort to put the the comic together on such tight deadlines. So mm-hmm. they probably had another strip ready to go. They'd map that out, like yada, yada, yada. It is an abrupt ending, but also what 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 more do you need? Dread got back. He's safe. The end. Next next week. We don't really need an episode of, of Dread recovering, which would have been a, you know, you do, I don't need do you, an epilogue. Do you need Tom King to come in and write a um, PTSD? Strip. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Yeah, you like this is the thing. Like these guys are always on to the next story. Like, and also not if I'm remembering correctly, not not every uh, dread um, storyline went multiple issues. There were there were lots of one shots, and there were lots of you know one or two parters. Like it wasn't like every week was like a six parter and stuff. Because the thing was like you know people wanted them. You know they they're consuming that comic at a rapid pace, and one of the talents of Dread and uh, of Wagner and Grant was they could do some really cool storylines in just like nine or ten pages. You know, um, so maybe they just felt they'd spent enough time on it. If they spent four or five issues on it, that was enough. Well, what's, yeah, uh, what's for Adam's me. Book? Oh yeah, thanks. I was going to say for me, I I'm going to give it an eight and a half. I really uh, like you guys said about Steve Dillon, his artwork here. Um, looks pretty much fully formed as we would know him on uh, one of my favorite books, Preacher. Sure. Uh, I also oh, really enjoyed his Punisher stuff. Yeah. Can, can I, can I, I want to ask a question here because I actually think he's – I think it's two, it's two completely different artists in a sense. I'm, I actually prefer his 2000 AD work than his, than his DC Marvel work. 
Oh, I did think he do DC? Well, Preacher, I guess. Oh, right, right, right. Yeah. Um, and he did, I think he did some covers and all that for them and all that. And, uh-huh, yeah, yeah, keeping yeah, mostly right. named for the Preacher and, and, and the Punisher. I mean, to I, me, I, he, look, I love Steve Dillon. 2080 has just far more detail than his than his Marvel and, and DC stuff. Maybe it's because they were doing it in color. I don't know. Like, you know, especially his Marvel stuff like Punisher, there's very less detail in it. Mm. Um, well, I mean, I the know. thing with Steve Dillon, and, I, you know, I, I read a lot of him when he was in 2000 like all his Rogue Troopers good as well. We'll probably do a Rogue Trooper episode at some point. And uh, he, like, I love Steve Dillon, but everyone kind of looks the same. <laughs> you know, like there's a, there's, he has that, that style he has, you know, I don't, see, I don't think he radically changes, like to me. Um, maybe well, Rich is right I'm about curious, the detail. I'm curious if maybe working with that, obviously having uh, maybe 20 odd issues having to do pers per issue maybe he simplified or did it you know had to create a quicker less detailed way of doing it depending on what he was doing do you know what i mean Mm. yeah i mean he was very much an artist he was one of those artists that had a very distinct style which he didn't really vary from and it was kind of like you knew what you were getting um i like it i mean i i like it but i mean i do think you could arguably say that how he does the faces and the noses and stuff, like it's all variations on a theme, you know. Um, I agree with that, but there's also like, there's not as many faces that are, I don't know. I guess maybe it's because Dredd's wearing a helmet most of the time that it's harder yeah. to tell, but there's times where I see a face and I'm like, oh, this is Steve Dillon, but it's not, when I'm well, reading like Preacher, it's like every face I'm seeing, I'm like, this is Steve true. Dillon, whereas this is more scratchy at times, which... Mm. Is different, and maybe it's because he's inking himself, or I don't know if he normally inks himself. Well, that's what I'm saying. Anyway. I think maybe Preachy had more time mm. and could put like because when you look at his Punisher and you look at his like when, whenever he drew like Wolverine, they actually look like the same person, just different hairstyles. Yeah, but that's yeah. a common yeah. criticism that of Steve. That's a common criticism of Steve Dillon. That's a very common yeah. criticism, you know. Um, that's a good point, Ridge, because you look at Dredd's face and it's Dredd's face. It's not uh, Frank yeah. Castle or Wolverine. It's very distinct compared to those. Mm. Yeah, I mean, uh, when I think of when, when I think if he's change over time, so I mean, look at uh, look at the uh, Mike uh, Mignola. Mm. Like, if you look at his early early stuff, because we're doing one on Single mm. Doom, and then you look at his Hellboy stuff, it's again, it's like it's almost a different artist. But I would say because Steve Dillon changes. Cosmic. Steve Dillon changes Sorry. a lot less. Like, I agree. Some artists. Mm. Some artists really radically redefine their style um, a lot. Whereas with Steve Dillon, I'm like, I don't think based on I'm no art critic, but when I look at his styles, I'm like, yeah, he kind of had his style and kind of worked within those boundaries for the majority of his uh, career. I don't know. I think I think you maybe I, I would agree with you if you were just basing it of this and preacher, but I think his style when he was doing like uh, Punish and all that was very different much more simplified, uh, uh, almost like a copy and paste. Um, yeah. yeah, probably. But again, that could just be the the. the he, he definitely the, got the, more the simple. He, he definitely got more simple in style as he got older, for sure. I mean, I, I, yeah, I read all those Punishers too. Yeah, I mean, but that's what I'm thinking of. I'm thinking of his Frank Castle and how he did that face and how he does the noses here. I, I don't see a lot of difference. I mean, it's all sort of... I, I can see a through line, a very thorough through line, and I love it. So it doesn't worry me. But he got more simple. You are right. Like the 
the stuff he was doing here with the wolves and all that kind of stuff, I don't remember him doing such detail in his Punisher from memory, you know? Um, Preacher was kind of more heavy. Yeah, I wouldn't necessarily say the wolves are necessarily the strong suit in this Mm. story. I mean, they're not bad, but they're not exciting me as much as, like, just his dread is kind of, like, interesting and exciting looking. If, if you look at his road trooper from around the same period as this, like maybe a couple of years later, you know, but roughly the same period, uh, it's very similar. You know, where okay. if, if you look at his road trooper uh, that he does, it looks exactly how he how he does Dread, which looks kind of exactly how he does um, Frank Castle and stuff. You can and his Venus blue jeans, for example, who's the female road trooper. Um, it, it it just looks like slight modifications on the model, if you know what I mean. Now I love it all, and I also love that it's um, it's kind of like drinking, you know, like your favorite brand of beer or something. Like you like the taste, kind of thing. I I like the style. I mean, I appreciate it. Like so, I'm like I'm I'm reading it, going, yeah, this is like like an like an old comfy pair of shoes, you know, for me. It gets the job done, and yeah, he's Do you a drink lot, beer, lot. Dave. Oh, sometimes. No. Not much, but I don't drink. I do like gin and tonic, but but like whatever, say whatever your favorite kind of beverage is. No, yeah. that's how I look at this. Like he he had his style, definitely, one hundred percent had a style, uh, and I don't see. I mean, obviously, it slightly changes years ago, but but I don't see him as like you know how Keith Giffen is famous for radically reinventing his style. Adam, you know that? Oh yeah, yeah. sure. Yeah, I don't see that in Steve Dillon's career. At all, I don't see any no, radical. Totally agree. Much, you know. More, um, yeah, I, I agree. Yeah. So um, you gave it a point. I wanted to just, go, oh, go, go ahead. No, you go ahead, man. What was it? No, sorry. I, one last thing I was going to say is the. Uh, I felt like the seven-part story really kind of suits the Wagner and Grant mm-hmm. storytelling style. Where, it, like, I do kind of agree that maybe we could add one more chapter, but um, uh, I just feel like sometimes the 25-part stories can be oh, yeah. a bit much. Uh, yeah. They're fun because it's basically like a framing sequence, and then he goes on different adventures, but it's nice just to have one story start to finish, mm. seven, eight chapters. So I did appreciate that. Yeah, no, definitely. Um, you, you're totally right. Like, and, and believe you me, it was rare in 2000 AD to have those really long ones, even though we've done a couple of them. They're, they're generally rarer, um, oh, okay. especially right. back in the day. Back in the 70s and 80s, far more common was the these kind of storylines. This was even on the longer side. Um, whereas when they got to Oz... Uh, where they did like we're gonna do like a fucking thirty parter, and it, they they actually put in like multiple little stories inside the big story. You know what I mean? Sort of like it, there was various threads and stuff. So as they wore into the nineties, it became a lot more common for them to say we're gonna do a twenty party here. And sometimes it's like it did as you're saying here, Adam. There's a fair bit of padding that goes on, and sometimes there's whole episodes where you know. They sort of literally are sort of padding it out a little bit. Um, yeah, I can. I see what is, you mean. Which is which is quite common. Did we we did Judgment Day, didn't we? With with Stronium Dog. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's where. Yeah, that was cool. That was a good one. That was a good one. Have you read that one, um, Rich? The Judgment Day with Stronium Dog, Johnny Alpha teaming up with Judge Red. Uh, I think I was on the show for that. 
Oh, we. I think he was. Oh, there you go. Um, there you go. I just can't remember. There's been so much killing and so much death. Now, um, okay, so then we're turning to uh, the deviations. So this was IDW when they had the Judge Red license and they were putting out some pretty subpar new Judge Red, but they also did this interesting topic of deviations where they sort of did what-ifs based on... Um, based on basically what if this one is what if dreaded state of werewolf um and john mccray who we know from hitman for example um was probably one of his biggest claims to fame where he did the artwork with garth and garth ennis was writing and this one he writes and draws it um look i mean i sort of didn't know what to expect my only my only sort of thing i'll say here is what did you think about how Dread basically sort of like regains his sanity and just sort of like becomes the, it's almost like Cap Wolf from, you know, when Captain America became a werewolf. It's like Dread Wolf. I, I, I'm like, when they did that, I, I almost felt like, how can I say, they sort of nullified the whole concept of the story because it wasn't Dread as a crazy werewolf. It was Dread just as a, just Dread, except he was a wolf who couldn't talk. Um, I think they do that because if he's not, then it's not a dread store anymore, right? Like if he can't control himself. Yeah, but I, but I thought that would have been the. But it, it's a what if. So like, why why do you need to make it so? Yeah, I'm like. Yeah, you. I think yeah. they would have gone and like, um, if you read a lot of what if, um, my favorite was always Atlantis attacks, mm-hmm. where I think literally every le- or every superhero is killed, and it's like yeah. that's kind of more what you expect from a what if, whereas this yeah, didn't you- really go into that darker direction that you would expect from yeah if i'm doing a what if because you you've got license you know you've got a lot of license it doesn't really matter if all the superheroes die because it's only an imaginary what if you know um i just thought it would have been cool to kind of go more into the city the ramifications on the city whereas this was more like let's just retread the old ground let's go down to him fighting the people under the city yada 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 he although i did like seeing him team up with the judge Prager who got like a um who got like a return and then he becomes um uh, a werewolf and I did like the last one like, now we are the law of this savage land now that we are we, we have a two law canthropes of the undercity and I was like that's cool um but I don't know I just felt like they sort of it wasn't as cool as it could have been what did you think Rich yeah uh bit disappointing um i mean i like i do i like the idea i just feel like the problem is is the whole like um the whole first half of the book feels like padding yeah you know like oh you know hey we will show him save people always got oh we're gonna send him on the long walk where i kind of feel like the what if should have maybe picked up from where um uh What's the, what's the name of the judge that finds him in the pit? Um, Prager. Oh. Prager, yeah? Prager, yeah. If he had found him and, you know, was trying to decide what to do with him and then and then Judge Dredd sort of, like, shows that he's regaining control mm. and then you still have Prager sort of get mortally wounded and then maybe it's almost like th- the story could have been that um, Judge Dredd in his wolf form forms his own 
judges. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Judges. No, I agree. Now, it would have been cool. He's, yeah. he's got like a whole wolf, like like a wolf pack. system a going wolf around pack. the understudy, like dispensing wolf justice. Um, <laughs> also, like that could have been much more interesting. Something I thought was was cool. Because I, I like it, because you've got to remember, the original comic came out in the fucking 80s, and this is like 2021 or whatever it came out. But, like, uh, I liked it when we read the original story and you had Cassidy, who was the guy who came up with the cure, when they did the thing where Dred's just in the in the jail. I did like that scene. They said, um, DNA scan, show us Dredd all right. Prager wasn't kidding. A shame Cassidy got killed by one of the beasts. He was so close to a cure. I liked that little scene because it was like really tying into the original storyline and i also when we when we turn at the page you you see some hints of some stuff i think they what they could have done what would have been better you know a lot of things happen in dread's um world after he got um uh, you know obviously after this storyline he comes back and he's normal and he goes and things like necropolis and all that it would have been cool maybe to have some scenes of Dredd as a well as, as a vamp as a werewolf um, fighting against like Sabat or fighting against some of the you know the dark judges or doing some of the crazy shit that went on in Dredd's world except he's a werewolf. Do you know what I mean? It could have been cool. Like have um, it was it Sabat was the uh, was the necromancer. Yeah. yeah, like have him show up and he just like bites his head off immediately. That would have been cool. Yeah, like that's what I'm saying. Rather than kind of limiting it to just we go back down to the Undercity and they and the other guy turns into a werewolf and then they're just the two werewolves, which is a cool image. But I, but get I, a little, I, I guess the issue is just one issue. Like, Yeah, but I, I'm talking snapshots, Rich. Like what ifs were one issue, yeah. man? What ifs were one issue back in Marvel's days and they uh, did some crazy shit? I don't know if I'd be happy with just a collage of, oh, here's the important <laughs> shit, just him as a werewolf. That kind of feels like a cop-out of a Well, story. I would have enjoyed it, Rich. So that's what you would have got if I'd been writing it. So <laughs> maybe. Look, I think they could have done, that would have been cool to include a couple of pinups yeah. at the end of it of showing him as a werewolf in some classic covers or or, or battles, but not actually part of the story because, again, yeah. they would just be – I kind of feel like it's a, a cheap way out. You don't want the greatest hits. You don't want the greatest hits with Dread as a werewolf. Again, if it's just a couple of, like, posters at the end of it, like if you're doing a special issue and you want to include, like, three or four of some of his most important, like, werewolf dread against death and all that sort of stuff. Not, if I'm, not if I'm writing a rich. I'm fine with that, but I don't want to be like, oh, Dread's a werewolf. Quickly, let's just show you all the important things in his scene of him as a werewolf. End of story. I'm no, like, okay, I'm post, post, post 1985. So, like, nothing beforehand. But what about this, Rich? Um, you know how you have the Judge Red comic uh, coming out in the Judge Red case files. What if you had an alternate set where Dreads are werewolf in all of them? <laughs> Again, yeah. If you wanted to do an alternate comic of werewolf Judge Dredd, I'm okay with that. But yeah. not, I'm, what I'm saying is, if you're only giving me one issue, I don't want you to just fill it with. All right. Oh, here's some of the greatest hits of him as a werewolf. I'd be like, I feel cheated. We out call of those money. member berries. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I kind of feel cheated out of my money. I'd want my money back because I'd be like, right. I wanted a story. Well, you wouldn't have been happy if I was the writer, Rich. You would have probably no, given this definitely. like a four or a five. Like, <laughs> um, as is, I'm going to give it, I think it's a noble experiment. I'm going to give it a 6.5 out of 10. I, I think it could have been better, but but it was an interesting idea. The artwork was good. I like John McRae's artwork, and I think he was he, he tied it very closely to the original storyline. It's a 6.5. It's maybe even a soft 7. What, what do you think, Adam? I'm gonna give it a well, Rich. Do you want to give your score? Because you uh... no, you can you can go for it. Okay, come on, guys. I didn't know. All right. Um, yeah, for me, I'm I'm not huge on McRae, honestly. Right. Um, 
Yeah, I, I actually can't really even get into Hitman very well. Oh, really? Um, yeah. Um, but I do... I really liked the judge... Um, uh, Budge. What was his name? The Prager? Uh, yeah, I thought he was really cool. Is he in many other stories? I, I, or? I don't think he's in any. And I, I Googled okay. this um, as I was watching because he always... He has that line where he says, Grim. That that used to be one of my favorite lines, like because in my yeah. imagination there was a lot more adventures to be had, you know. Yeah, I mean, I thought he was a cool character with a lot mm. of potential. More from the other story than this one, I guess. Mm. So, um, and I did like seeing Anderson in this one. She wasn't in the other story, was she? No, she was not. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, I like her. She's a she's a favorite of mine. But uh, I didn't really care for this story. Kind of what you guys said. Um, so yeah, I would give it like a five. Five, wow! Um, and you're not reading Hitman. See, I like Hitman. It does have a crazy art style. Like it is a it is a nutty art style. Like, um, which can be quite challenging to get into. But but I enjoy it. It's not as good as Preacher, though. You know, with Hitman, the the story doesn't really do anything for me. The art doesn't really do anything for me. I just yeah. I don't know. I love. Uh, I thought I loved Garth Ennis, but I mean, I love some of Garth Ennis. I guess definitely. Um, Rich, what what's your scoreline here? Yeah, it's about a six from me. Um, yeah. Uh, I'd probably say I prefer this art over his Hitman. <laughs> uh, yeah, um, no, I, I agree. I, I sort of, uh, it's definitely more conventional here than in Hitman, I think. Well, this, yeah, I, think I think I agree a, too. The, this has a bit more detail in it. Like um, a lot of his earlier stuff, especially like his Hitman, it's just very like cartoony with very solid black. mm uh, like shadow lines uh, almost makes it look like those old 90s cartoons in a way mm -hmm. but this one I feel like he's th there's a bit more detail he's um, he's got a bit more depth to it I I still am not a big fan of scratchy drawings um, and he is like quite scratchy normally he's he's lines. he's definitely scratchy and a bit dirty normally you know yeah, but this one, I feel like he's improved with his detail and all that, but that scratchiness still leaves me kind of like, ugh. Yeah. Because it looks like someone just did a rough sketch and then someone inked it, which, yeah, I mean, if that's your style, that's your style. I get it. It's just not my mm. – it, it's not what my eye likes to see. Um, yeah, no, I, I – But also, the, something I just kind of noticed is the backgrounds aren't always awesome. Like, some of them are nice where they have, like, a, they're climbing up – a. A building that fell over but a lot of times like it's just green background or here's a yellow background here's a red background yeah um which isn't the most exciting to look at no definitely uh, for me I, I don't know about you guys but i expected a lot from this comic and it was kind of like uh they didn't do a terrible job by any means but it did have this distinct ring of a cash grab you know like, I think that's the case a lot of times with these what if what if yeah. things. It's a way to call back to the stories that people love without, you know, necessarily putting much effort in. Yeah, without putting but, uh, the, the really hardcore time in. They're sort of like, you know, they'll lap this up. They'll buy this just based on the what if Dread was a werewolf after Cry the Wolf. So all the Dread fans, guys like me, are like, yeah, that sounds cool. And it's like, if, but, if you, cool, if, yeah. but if you slowed the brain down, you're like, well, wait a second, Wagner and Gran aren't writing it. And Steve Dillon's dead, so who's at the controls? You know, like I, I well, don't mind doing like, that, but you've got to make sure that you've got a damn good story um, yeah. to justify. That's the only thing. Well, it's also like you said, Rich, is it's just one issue where you know it's hard to really 
too much in 20 pages, but uh, yeah, this wasn't exciting. Uh, look, for me. I mean, no, I look, Marvel with their what if and all that, look, they had hits and misses, right? Sure. Like some of the what ifs were really great, some of them were really terrible. Mm-hmm. So, you know, and I think this is one of the first ones I've done. Um, so, you know, uh, but yeah, I just feel I, I like you, know, you could have more... had a lot more fun with, with, with Judge Dredd as a werewolf. I I, I'm like just looking up while we're talking. The IDWD, I want to know how many they did because we might do a couple more of the deviations when we're doing, um, you know, the Judge Dredd stories in the future. And, and, and really, Rich, you should have an open pass to come back on, um, on, uh, on Dread or Dead whenever you want to, man. Um, because we enjoy having it. I'm just trying to see if they did any other deviations and I'm not sure if they did because they really well, they're, they're, <laughs> seeing any. everything I'm see seeing is one. this one and the way they're talking about it, it's like it's like it's going to be a line but but I'm not sure if they did it maybe they lost the license as well I'm not sure if IDW still even have the dread license I've got well, a feel wasn't this one um oh that's a good point um but wasn't this one also like uh John McRae did it for a tribute to Steve Dillon or something yeah, but I, no, but I, part I, of why it got made. But no, it was happening already. So they they greenlit this prior to Steve Dillon passing away or anything. So it it just so happened that he died just as this was coming out. But it was already they were already doing it kind of thing. So the deviation. Oh my god! Like, yeah. Sorry, I just looked at a picture of Steve Dillon and he looks like a Steve Dillon drawing. It's just interesting. Yeah, <laughs> uh, he he definitely. I mean, he he definitely had his um. Uh, demons. Um, oh, I mean, I didn't mean it like that. I just meant, you know, his, that he looks like he drew himself. You know. Yeah. Well, that's that's always funny when they do that. Um, yeah. Look. Yeah. I'm not sure if there were if there are any more um, deviations. I don't think there are actually. There's there's a couple of there's crossovers like Mars Attacks crossover and this and that. But um, I, the only deviation I'm seeing is oh, My Little Pony meets Judge Red in a new deviation. So there's that one. I mean, nah, no, I that's not a deviation, though. That's I bet that's what it is. I bet it's an IDW deviations with their not own, with their own dread deviations. Yeah, uh, I see. What probably you're a Transformers one. Yeah, I see what you're saying. Right? Yeah, so they're just doing inside their own line, like as a. Oh uh, yeah, it's a five book series. There's a Ghostbusters. Uh, pass. Transformers, yeah. GI Joe. Oh, it looks like there's also Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Star Trek. I was going to say some of That's them. six. That doesn't make any sense. Okay. Some of them seem more interesting than others. Like, they, okay, well, okay. So, in essence, they had one deviations with dread. This wasn't a bad one to pick because it's a what if. I was going to say it would be good to do a what if. How about this, Adam? You know the fight between dread and strontium dog. What if yeah. Johnny Alpha fucking put dread down? You know, yeah, that'd be cool. Yeah, you could have Johnny Alpha sticking around, becoming a judge. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, with the with the laser eyes and stuff, the X ray eyes. Now I'm going to put this out there uh, to you guys. Um, the next Dread or Dead, I'm going to do uh, my own deviations. We'll do a Rogue Trooper, and I've got one in mind. I've got it's a, it's a really classic Rogue Trooper um, uh, episode in mind. So, would you guys be interested in doing that for a bit of a sort of like you know 2000 deviations on Dread or Dead? We do Rogue Trooper. Yeah. 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 Cool. Cool. I know, and I'm going to pick a good one because um, he had a lot of good storylines. But I've I've got one in mind. Uh, would you be interested in that, Rich? Always up for a bit of uh, Rogue Trooper. Rogue Trooper Man, these were the fucking days when you pick up 2000 AD, and seriously, in the glory days, you'd have Rogue Trooper, Dread, Strontium Dog, you know, something else, and you were just like, oh yeah, just like well, it was just wall to wall great comic, you know. In, something else, just anything else. 
So. Well, you know, they, there was a few different, like they had Nemesis, they had yeah. different things slain. But when you got the Rogue Troop, Astronian Dog, and Dreaded all in one issue, I was always like, yes. Yes, please. Like when you have that good two-hour block of TV, you know, yeah, and exactly. then they bring in a new show that you don't like that much. Yep, yeah, that's it, oh, man. man. They, they had so, yeah, they had so many good properties there. I mean, yeah. you're just talking about your bigger ones, obviously, like your Dread, your Strong Team Dog, your mm. your Rogue Trooper, but then you've got like what your ABC Warriors. Oh got, yeah. Um, uh, fuck. What's the what's the the barbarian guy again called? Slain. Slain. Dude. Slain. So get this. So my first time when I went down, I was playing the judge of a role-playing game with my mates before I, I read Dread. So we're playing, only just before, so we're playing Judge Dread and it came with the source book, which had the whole history of Dread and a lot of lot of um, examples from the comics, like so a lot of pages. And I was like, man, this is so fucking cool. Went down to the um, went down to the newsagent, 2000 AD there, picked it up. The first issue of 2000 AD I got rich Obviously, Dread, who is in every issue, apart from uh, there's a couple of issues we know from previous callers have called in, and like there's a couple of issues where he's not in it. But it's Dread, ABC Warriors, Rich, Nemesis, I want to say Rogue Trooper, and Kano Bad Company. And I was just like, yes, please, just keep feeding me this goodness. <laughs> a very moody. Little teenager who thought he had a lot of answers, and yeah, it was it was fantastic. So, um, I also want to point out uh, there's a really cool storyline at the moment in the Judge Red comics uh, called Special Relationship, and obviously Britsit, which is the UK, and Mega City One, just like in real life, have the special relationship between the UK and the US. You know that sort of favourable relationship, Adam. You'd be familiar with this. Um, mm-hmm. they have the same sort of a relationship as in their allies, you know, all the time in the 2008 world. And many times they've teamed up, blah, blah, blah. But they have a flashpoint issue and a kind of Cold War breaks out and there's actually an incident. And they do have, it's in the Black Atlantic Tunnel. And uh, the storyline is, it's in the comic right now, and I'm reading it. Um, you know the Machismo uh Robots. I think we've done them before on Dread or Dead. They're the sort of robot judges. Are you guys familiar with this? Um, no, I don't think. Okay, so in the nineties, there was a was Chief Judge Magruder. She commissioned these robot judges to sort of patrol oh, the streets. I remember that. Yeah. yeah, and it became. It's been a long running storyline through through the because the problem with them is they go a bit haywire, and they're always constantly trying to. Uh, fix them and they take them out of commission and dreads massively against them. But anyway, they got brought back and there was an incident in the Black Atlantic Tunnel, which a Russian hacker working for the Solve Block discovers where it seems as if one of the Machismo droids has killed some Britsit judges and the Mega City One have covered it up, which, and on the basis of what we're reading right now, it seems that's the case. And it's sort of, a, so this special relationship suddenly has a real roadblock, more so because of the cover-up than the actual accident. And, um, yeah, there's a flashpoint happening where Britsit judges are fighting uh, Mega City 1 judges, like at a far-flung sort of outpost, and it's pretty cool. Um, yeah, it's because uh, I'm not sure if Dan Abnett's writing it. He might be, um, but it's... it's it, No, Rob Williams is writing it, who's another long-term writer, but it's a good storyline. Um, so there's still plenty you of good You said dread. that's happening now? Yes, yes. Oh, it's in cool. it's in 2000 AD right now, and it's got a lot of press because um, 
you know, they're they're long-standing allies, kind of thing. So, like, it's it's like it's like as if in real life there was like some sort of an incident between the Britain and the US and the UK it would be, you know, quite extraordinary. There yeah. are separate Irish judges, aren't they? Yes, there are. Um, like G- G- Judge Joyce was like the it was they all kind of played for laughs. Um, mm. That was during the period where Garth Ennis was writing it, and and Garth Ennis honestly never really. He says himself, never really huge fan of Judge Red. He never felt he did his best work there. Um, uh, he did some good stuff, but, you know, Judge Joyce was one of his judges, the Irish judges, and they were always played for a bit of laughs kind of thing. I kind of liked him. Yeah, yeah I thought you could have a bit of a laugh. That's I the agree. nice thing about yeah. Red, though, is that you can be satirical, you can be just funny, you can be serious. Yeah. You know what I mean? You can have horror. Like, I, I the, the thing I love about like dread is that you can pretty much take him in any direction as long as you don't, don't go too far. Oh, I agree. And I mean, Alan Grant, for example, really liked the humor aspect and Joel Wagner has pushed it more in terms of the sort of police procedural, you know, in the last couple of decades, but I totally agree. You can do horror duck judges. There's a lot of, there's a lot of room to move. You can do police corruption. You can do the democracy storyline, all sorts. But I did want to mention that to listeners, if you aren't aware, the special relationship um, in 2008 right now that's coming out weekly is a really good read. I think part three of it just came out, like, yesterday. Um, Adam, final thoughts? This has been a nice, compact little dread or dead. We've hit hard. We've hit well. Yeah, it was nice, kind of not having a a whole lot of reading to do. Um, 27-part epic for Adam just to read. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I did want to ask, quantity. <laughs> I've been meaning to ask, um, mm. Rich, mm. uh, because I knew he's a big werewolf guy. I, I'm a vampire guy. I know Dave's a, a zombie guy, oh, yeah. but what are some of the best, or at least your favorite, um, werewolf, uh, stories? What stories is in movies or you mean, or, you know, it could be movies or books or whatever. Um, Never Chose. been. I have. I haven't actually read that many um, books with werewolves. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Struggling so far. I, did, I read I, the one I did read was Cabal, which was by Clive Barker. Oh, I've read that. I read that as I read that when I was about yeah. fourteen. Because I, I went through a Clive Barker phase back in the day when I read a lot of his. He good, was actually one of writer. my favorite uh, horror writers. Over he's a good writer, man. I, I got, yeah, I got more into to Clive Barker than. Mm-hmm. Then, then I remember yeah. on all his books, they used to say Clive Barker. I have seen the future of horror, and it is Clive Barker. That was Stephen mm. King's pull quote on all his books back in the eighties. Yeah, no, no, no. Cli- Clive Barker was uh, good writer. Good. Uh, so I guess then, like, what like movies and stuff? I'm just curious because I haven't watched you know a terrible amount. Yeah. Well, um, I like the movies because obviously werewolves is such a visual thing. Do you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. uh, especially when you see you're watching someone transform into into werewolf i love seeing different movies like their take teen wolf yeah. teen wolf with michael j fox uh, it's a funny movie but i wouldn't say jesus it. christ dude. i wouldn't I say it was tongue in cheek <laughs> it was tongue in cheek but but we're still waiting for richard to give an answer to your question he's kind of waffling what have you got some got some actual oh, no, no, well, I, i've actually answered this question on our show um, have you? my three favorite werewolf <laughs> movies is obviously uh, american werewolf in london yes the howling okay. one okay and uh dog's Soldiers. Okay. 
Dog Soldiers. Okay, I I actually watched American Wolf, Werewolf in London, and uh, Howling just recently, and meant to watch Dog Soldiers. Those were the three I was going to watch. I'll tell you a so good one. Wolf. Curious. Wolf with Jack Nicholson. I like that one. Yeah, it's, yeah we it's, talked it's, about that. Did we? It's, it's, okay. not, it's not bad. I mean, that one's a bit more of a sort of a... Serious. A daytime drama type of... A daytime um, drama? Like, what bad. is that supposed to mean? Like, it's a movie. No, no, it's what? kind of like a modern version of The Wolfman, in a sense. Right. It's, uh, it's kind of like a... Which I don't mind it. I, I do actually quite like it, and it's quite interesting to see Jack Nicholson as a um, as a werewolf. Yeah. Um, I was very disappointed in the Wolfman remake that they did. I mean, With re- beautiful Toro. Effect, but, uh, yeah. you know, I was kind of a bit disappointed in, in, in the movie as, as a whole. I've never watched it. I heard it was really boring. I tried watching it. Yeah, <laughs> you got to get cool. you got to get past it. I mean, it's got some really good action at the at the end there. I mean, if you want a pretty good, f- funny movie, Wolf Cop's not too bad. I love Wolf Cop. I've been meaning to watch that one. Yeah, Wolf Cop's um, fun. I like Wolf Cop. Yeah. And there, there is another one which I'd probably put it in my top five. It's actually uh, it's it's not technically a werewolf movie, or well, kind of is. It's the Company of Wolves. Mm-hmm. Which is it's a basically it's it's Red Riding Hood, but it's a mm-hmm. werewolf instead of a big like the big bad wolf is a werewolf. Okay, I have to look into that one. Um, have you ever seen? Um, oh, jeez, hold on, the Wolf of Red of Snow Hollow. Have you seen the Wolf of Snow Hollow? No, no. it's interesting. Yeah, it's they think there's a werewolf. I won't spoil anything. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then also I recently watched Yeah, it's it's somewhat I I, recent. I think I saw a trailer. Is that like where the, the, the it's like it's a small town kind of thing and it's snow You're thinking of Werewolves Within, I think, which I also just oh, watched that? and it was pretty oh, okay. decent. Yeah, I saw a trailer recently for for um, more recent one, maybe yeah, okay, so yeah. yeah. See I like What was the one you mentioned you again with the... You can't oh, cheap well, out on werewolf stuff. You can cheap out on zombie stuff, you know what I mean? You can just like slap makeup on. You can cheat you know, with a vampire. Just got to put fake teeth. But werewolves, you're going to make a werewolf movie. You got to spend the money. <laughs> like you're going to yeah. have to build a werewolf suit. Like like you can't you can't cheap out on it. What was the the Red Riding Hood one you said? Uh, um, uh, bad um, bad company. I think it was called in um, in the Company of Wolves. Sorry. Okay, okay. I, I watched that movie Silver movie. Bullet the other day, Adam. After you mentioned it. It was interesting. That's another I've been meaning to watch. Yeah. Look, yeah, ahead, I, I said to Richard, it's 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 okay. It's not bad. Like it was enjoyable enough, but it's definitely no great movie. Like I'd give it a six out of ten. But but it is it's kinda like I put it on late at night, chilled out, watched it. It was decent watch for a late at night movie, you know? So that one, um I one of my first exposures to werewolves and actually Bernie uh, Bernie Wrightson mm. uh, is the book that that's based on is uh, I think it's called Cycle of the Werewolf by Stephen King exactly and Bernie Wrightson did the illustrations on it yes and they're very cool and they're very cool and they're very gory and I was mm. like you know like an eight year old kid looking at these pictures yeah. and like you know never seen anything like it before but it's it um cool. it they sort of try to uh, probably cleverly. Like they try to take that idea and then try to morph it into sort of like a uh, sort of like going for that kind of like mid eighties kind of like Lost Boys vibe. You know what I mean? Um, okay. Th- like they try to meld the the Stephen King thing that he did with the Bernie Wrightson illustrations with sort of more of a teen 
Lost Boysy kind of like that era, a sort of teen drama, if you know what I mean. They try to meld the two together. Um, and it's interesting. Like it was, I'd never watched it before. So it was, it was an interesting young performance by Corey Haim as well, you know, just prior to Lost Boys. So it was, it was of interest to watch. It wasn't, it wasn't, by no means was it terrible, you know, like it was enjoyable enough, you know. Um, I've always been more of a vampire guy because I like, like the, the, I guess the mythology around them. And they just seem like they're like pure evil, uh, like completely unrestrained Mm. um, evil. Which uh, I always thought was a little bit more did interesting you, than werewolves, but did, I'm trying to give you, the werewolves a chance. Well, werewolves aren't naturally evil; they can just be bitten. Uh, dog soldiers. If dog you soldiers. want, if you want a good one, I do highly recommend. Don't some people soldiers. also recommend Brotherhood of the Wolf? I've heard a lot of people. Is that a werewolf uh, movie? I've not watched it. I, I don't know. But oh, I, I know that one. I've seen that. Yeah. It's okay. It's, oh, yeah. it's, it's a bit of a cheapy movie. Okay. Like I just movie. remember people were recommending it. I never got around to watching it. Um. Oh, did you listen to the episode of Signal of Doom, Adam, where I realised, where Richard made me realise that vampires... I thought vampires were created in Bram Stoker's Dracula. I didn't realise they were in in folklore for, like, hundreds and thousands of years. That was news to me. Yeah, I guess, you know, I wouldn't be surprised either way, but uh, I didn't realise that, no. Well, as far as I'm concerned, that means potentially real now. I always thought it was well, like, definitely fictional. I mean, isn't it they always trace it back to, like, what? Vlad the Impaler is that Vlad the Impaler? Um, yeah. yeah. Oh, is that a so historical tie, or is that just because of the movie? I think that's just the movie because the, there's different versions of vampires in different cultures. So, um, okay. but that that is one. I guess that's one um, trail. But mm. there's different there's different uh, there's different types of vampires in uh, different cultures. Good vampire novel, Carrying Comfort, um, by Dan Simmons, back in the eighties. It's a good novel. Um, if you're interested cool. in, in, in check that out, yeah, just and it's an interesting take on it as well, you know, like so it's a slightly different take, but a very enjoyable uh, novel. Well, guys, I want to say thanks for coming on. Um, Richard, you were the guest, but you're more than happy to be a sort of permanent guest, Rich, uh, as long as you keep those views in line with um, I think you need to toughen up on crime, basically. Don't, don't you think Rich is a bit soft? Adam, uh, he's a little bit soft on the streets of Mega City One. You got to break a few heads, Rich. We're not in Mega City One. That's why I don't yeah. have to be fucking hard. <laughs> in my imagination, we are. Uh, did I tell you, Adam, my concept, which I was floating around, mm. that we get like um, the cops deputize people to go out there with a knife and a baseball bat. You go in groups of two or three, and if you see crime being broken out, you just go in bat swinging in, to, to, to sort of break down crime in the suburbs. What do you think about that? Uh, I think whatever you say, Dave. <laughs> you, you know what? You're talking my language, and that's why you're a permanent member on Dread or Dead, and Richard's just purely a floater who gets pulled in the other rotation. Oh, sometimes you've got to have someone come in here and speak some sense. Yeah. All right. Well, on that note, I want to say thank you to both of you and to the listeners. Also, I do want to mention our Patreon. If you go to patreon.com slash signal doom, you can support the show, support Dread or Dead. And it means more episodes. Adam gets paid big appearance fees to come on here, so we need to subsidise that. Um, thanks and good night, guys. Good night. Good night.